Wow. What praise and worship this morning. You're acting like you're free in Christ. Are you free in Christ? Wow. You may be seated this morning. We're so grateful to see everybody out here this morning. As a matter of fact, we've been in a mini series and I decided, well, you know what? There's going to be so many gone on the, usually this is a very low attending service for us being a holiday. And I thought I'm going to skip my series and I'll start it again next week. And so uh, the Lord began to deal with me anyway in a different direction. And when I got done with the sermon, I thought, well, that's kind of in line with our series anyway. We're on evangelism. We're all about outreaching. That's what we've been preaching on. <clears throat> and uh, so today's not going to be a typical what you would call a 4th of July sermon, but we're going to get right into the word of the Lord and we're going to see what the word of the Lord has for us today. Romans 6 and 23, one passage of scripture that is very known throughout the scripture, we've quoted it many, many times, it just says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Aren't you glad there's a but in the middle of that scripture? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now this is the time of the year we all celebrate and we honor the 4th of July as our Independence Day. It's a day that we what? Celebrate what? Freedom. It's a day that each and every one of us in this building recognize the freedoms that we have. When we think of freedom, we also have to think of the great price that many of our ancestors and our forefathers paid so that you and I could have that freedom. Many servicemen literally gave their lives in battle and in war that we might so enjoy the liberties and the freedoms that we have in the United States today. We had our Navy and our Army and our Coast Guards and our Marines and every other branch that there might be of the military that served in order for us to have freedom. Can you honor those men today and can you give them a great big hand of applause? Yes, we honor them. We understand the price that they paid. We thank God for them. They, we would not be here today without them. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. But you know the history and the very reason that America was founded was for the reason of people in search for freedom. And men, a lot of times on 4th of July, I go back and I dissect our declaration, how we come in Asia. I love preaching on all that stuff. Mark Fawn got me hooked on it after he beat it into my spirit over the years. He's a great historian of the church and historian of the nation. And I began to listen to him and it got burned in my heart. So I went and done my own study and listened to him and got information from him. He's far more knowledgeable than I am in the history of the nation. But yes, it, is, it all started about a people in search for a freedom. Freedom. Everyone wants freedom. They long for freedom. They search for freedom. And li we live in what we call a free nation. We live in a democracy. We are not in, under dictatorship, nor are we under the iron fist of communism. Ain't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that we live in a democracy? We come, we go as we please, we work where we want to work, we worship the way that we want to worship, we have the freedom of speech and expression, we have the freedom of choice, we have the freedom of religion because of our Constitution. Aren't you thankful for the Constitution of the United States of America? Praise God, it is not outdated, it is not old-fashioned. I want you to know it stands true today. We believe in the Constitution of the United States of America around the Palace of Praise. Do you believe in that? Amen. Come on, somebody get excited about your nation. <clears throat> we have the freedom to vote. We have the right to bear up arms that ensures our freedom. Yes, good old uh, Smith and Wesson can be carried in the United States of America. You say, you're a preacher and you're talking about guns? Yes, I'm talking about our freedom. I'm talking about our constitution. Amen. 
instead of focusing on the things that we hear about every day that shocks us into reality that reveals to us that really America is not totally free. Yet I want to say that we are one of the freest countries in the world all because of the percentage of people that still will stand up and lift up the name of Jesus Christ because all freedom comes through Jesus Christ. How many knows that all of our freedom comes by the way of the cross? Just like the video that we showed how appropriate this morning that video was. I want you to know nothing can liberate like the cross. You're not to totally free until you become a Christian because you're not free if you're not free both bodily, soul, and spirit. Thanks be unto God through Jesus Christ, I am free. You are free if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Did you know that Sodom and Gomorrah would have been spared if Abraham could have just found 10 righteous people in it? We said that last week, and it's worth repeating again, that the presence of the righteous makes a difference. We got to get that into our head. We got to understand the power that lies within the church. We got to understand the power that is here in this assembly right here this morning. We got to come to understand that God-given dominion, the God God-given authority that he's given to the church of Jesus Christ. Just your presence makes demons fear and tremble because it's not you, it is Christ in you that they see. Can I have an amen? Well, I want to tell you, this church has the blood of Jesus Christ completely poured over it and the enemy cannot, cannot stand against the bloodline of Christ. But yet there is still bondage in America even though it's being spared because of the remnant that is here. Did you know that America still stands because we're still here? I keep telling that last week, I think, or the week before that, somewhere in there, I talked about how that as long as we're here, America will stand. Can I have an amen? man because we're here. Can I have an amen? We hear all the time about abortions, the shedding of innocent blood, but I want to tell you, even though it's not completely 100% abolished yet and around the whole nation, it's beginning to be abolished because it's going back to the states, and many states are saying, enough's enough, we're through, it's done, and so somebody stand and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> I'm about to preach. I'm about to get happy. You know why I'm getting happy? There was We've prayed for years and years and years on this, but here's what makes me happy. In one of the darkest times of America's history right now, we're in some dark, dark times. We got some corruption going on in the high anarchy of the church, and you know we, the Bible tells us that we would face that. We would face spiritual wickedness in high places and all that would be there at the end time. But yet in the middle of all that chaos, God's still showing the power of his hand. God's still able able to make changes on behalf of the righteous when we're outnumbered, when we're outspent, when we're out, uh, uh, when we're, uh, 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 when we don't have the freedoms because they cut us off lines and our voices become silent and everything in the world is working against us. It doesn't matter because if the Lord be on our side, who can stand against us? I'm here to tell you, we're a winning breed. We are a winning people. Somebody look at somebody and say, we win. I want to tell 
today, the church of Jesus Christ is still alive and well today in the midst of all of the chaos. I'm about to preach myself happy. I'm here to tell you that we are not some weak force. We're not some weakling, half-spin, worn-out, fragile old body. We're a vibrant body. We're the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his body has overcome death, hell, and the grave, and it's risen from the dead, and it's in a glorified state. I'm here to tell you, the body is well here today. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. Ask giving, stand to giving praise. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Yes, we ought to get excited about where we're at. Everybody's complaining how dark it is. Well, hallelujah, what an opportunity. We hear all the time about drug problems, the alcohol problems. Uh, uh, you know, we hear about the shootings, the killings, uh, the prostitution, the sexual perversion, the human trafficking, the violence that is in our streets and the violence that's on our TVs and in our movies and the violence that's even in the social media is unbelievable. We hear about the taking the prayers out of school that happened years and years ago, the homosexuality spirit that is rampant. But why and how can this be a free nation? As great as America is, there's none any better, and I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Amen? Can I have an amen? Yet America the great is not free. We always talk about a land of the free and the home of the brave, but we're not as free as we think we are. America has a sin problem, and wherever there's sin, there's a debt that has to be paid. Uh, wages of sin is debt. The wages of sin is what? Death. America's big problem is not our government. It isn't Russia, it isn't China, it isn't it Japan, or any other major world power. It isn't our politicians or our world trade center. America's problem is sin. One writer put it like this, the only thing that will ensure our freedom is to keep ourselves from sinning. And how true that that is. Isn't that simple? So much of the time we want to get into the deep things of God when in reality the power is in the simplicity of God. It's God made it simple so that you and I can embrace it. If the only way that we could have victory is to dig out the, dig, the deep nuggets, many of us would never have victory. Thank God that victory lies in the simplicity. It's simple for all of us to understand. You know what that means? That means that no matter how much education you have, it doesn't matter how intellectual you are, it doesn't matter how well studied or groomed or polished you are, you can have victory through Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Amen. One writer, just to get, let me say it again, just put it, the only thing that ensures our freedom is what? Keep us from sinning. Seems nowadays that everyone likes and enjoys the pleasures of sin, but the problem is there's a price of sin. A wage is a payment for that which has been done. It's a earned punishment. It's something that you got found guilty of, so now you're guilty of the crime. You're going to be punished for it. How many knows that God is a God of justice? that he cannot wink at sin and just turn his back on it as if it never happened. He's a God of justice. He demands that justice be brought to payment for every sin that we've ever, ever done. Every sin that this nation has ever committed will be brought under the scrutiny of Almighty God and it will be judged. Can I have an amen? Every sin in your life will be brought under scrutiny to the very eye of God and your sin will be judged. Thank God mine's already been judged at Calvary. 
Oh, that's a different. Thank God I'm justified by faith through the blood of Jesus Christ. He took my punishment upon the cross so now I don't have to be punished. Thank God when God looks down at me as a blood-bought child of God, I'm just as if I've never sinned. He never remembers my sin against me because the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all of my sin. Oh, hallelujah. That's what makes us free here today. We have no penalty because we've been forgiven. We've been washed. We've been cleansed. I love when the apostle Paul talks about all the different kinds of people of the earth. He talked about fornicators and adulterers and murderers and all this. He said, and some were some of you, but now you're washed. Now you're sanctified. But now you're presented before God as a justified in his sight because of the free gift that came through Jesus Christ. Thank God that we are saved here today. But when it comes to the consequences of sin in America, it seems like everybody wants to enjoy the pleasures of sin, but they do not want to reap the consequences of their sin. Amen? They don't want the wage of it. They don't want, the, they don't want to face the penalty of their sin. The United States concept is this, that our good outweighs our bad. As if God looks at our lives and says, well, there's more good than there is bad, so you can come on into heaven or you can find my graces and my favor by your good. Can I tell you that our goodness, is, if we have any at all, it is filthy as rags. Did y'all tell you there's only one way to attain righteousness and favor with God, and that's a humble submission to the cross of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Now, don't, don't sit down on me. I'm here to tell you our freedom is in Jesus and Jesus alone. A lot of us want to play with the fire, but we, don't want to be, but we don't want to be burned by the fire. The very ones that's trying to change the course of America from her birth and from her Judeo-Christian values, one of these days they're going to wake up and see that the freedom that they think that they're trying to pursue through their ungodly principles is the very thing that they're going to wake up and see that it destroys their freedom. A lot of times, it isn't the enemy destroying our freedom. We destroy the freedom ourselves. Come on, somebody. Oh, I wish I could preach right there, but I've made, myself, I've made a promise to myself I'd not make this thing political today. But I want to just stop and iterate that there are, there are principles out there and there are policies out there of this present administration that is destroying America to its core. Can I have an Amen. And one of these days they're going to wake up and think, why have we done this? There, there's so much lies and deceptions. All of these uh, companies getting involved with woke and how they're pushing the woke agenda and they're getting pressure from above and there's getting all of this demand upon them and they think that, well, this is the way of the future of America. If that's the way of the future of America, then it'll be death to America because those very policies that they're pushing is a sin against God. It's an abomination and God will judge it and bring it to naught. Can I have an amen? The very things in wanting is not what they're going to get out of their policies. Proverbs 14 and 34 says, righteousness exalts a nation, but as sin is a reproach to any people. The only thing that is actually causing blessing and prosperity in America is the seed of the righteous on the earth. Think about that. Look at yourself and say, I have the favor of God. And God promised me that that favor would go everywhere I go. Come on, somebody. When Christians walk into a room, it just brightens up the room. You may not see it with a physical eye, but it does in the spiritual realm. Where there's gross darkness, just let a Christian walk in. Boom, something transpires. Something happens. A presence walks in the room with us. 
You see, that's how powerful we are. I hope you get this here today. I want you to understand the force that's behind you. We always watch star, what is it, starship. The force be with you. Well, I want to tell you, the force is with us here today. Can I have an amen? I said the force is with you here today. The Bible even tells me when I rise up, the Lord is with me. When I go out, the Lord is with me. If I'm in the field or if I'm in the house or if I'm in the place of it, the Lord is with me. When I come and lay this whole carcass down to go to sleep, the Lord is with me. Everywhere I go, that force is with me. Everywhere I go, that force is working on my behalf. Everywhere I go, there's a seal and a hedge of protection around about me. There's a wall of righteousness that, that the enemy cannot penetrate. They'll throw their darts. They'll make their accusations. They'll mock. They'll ridicule. They'll fight. They'll poke, but it's doing them to no avail. They're wasting their resources. And they're wasting their time. Why? Because the seed of the righteous is planted on solid ground and not sinking sand. And the seed of the righteous is planted like a tree by many waters. Can I have an amen? And whatever we do is going to prosper. We're not going down. They can fight. They can oppose. They can ridicule. They can mock. They can do whatever they want to do. But when the dust settles, the tree of the righteous will still be standing tall. It'll still have fruit on its tree and it'll be a light in a dark place. Oh, hallelujah. So I want you to understand that the prosperity and the blessing of the land is caused by the righteous. When you look at the world and you notice the nations around the world, the third world countries, examine them. Many times you see nothing but famine. Bondage, drought, dictatorship, communism, death, war, starvation, slavery, brainwashing. Come on. You see people controlled by an iron, fit, iron fist. They told when they're going to work, how much they're going to make, what they're going to do. Come on. I've been to China. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen about... In China, I don't know how many cars I've seen, probably somewhere around 100,000 cars. I've seen 5,634,000,000 donkeys and about that many bicycles. Come on, somebody. I've seen the poverty. I lived among it. I stayed among it. I was in a, a, a five-star hotel. You ought to have seen it. It was worse than anything that we've ever stayed with in the United States in the worst of the worst. It was a five star. Don't tell me that America is not blessed. Amen. It's a sad day for a nation to be starving to death and yet a thousand cows be running the streets and they dare not eat them because they think maybe that'd be one of their ancestors. Folks, think of the reality of that. Starving to death, but they can't eat the cow because that may be their uncle. That's their religion. That's what they're taught in India. I want to tell you, it's time for some of them people to enjoy a good T-bone. Can I have an amen? Uncle or no uncle, baby, that baby eats good and fares well. I'm not trying to be mean here today, but I am telling you that what blesses America is the righteous. 
We in America are blessed. America is the strongest, the mightiest, the most prosperous, the strongest nation on the face of the earth. All because America has the majority of the, throughout the years of the gospel preaching and righteousness living within our land. I forgot the stats and I tried to find them. I found some old stats some time ago and I couldn't find them. So, but I, I know some of them by memory and I'll try to remember a few of them. Did you know that 85% of all Bibles is printed in the English language? 85% of every Bible printed is in the English language. 90% of, uh, uh, 97% of all money, all money used for the kingdom of God is given by America. Can you imagine that? When we were in China, one of the things that one of the missionaries told, uh, or one of the natives, we were the missionaries, but the guy that was there who had been in prison for preaching the gospel, beaten and whipped and had scars from head to toe, and they threw him in there, and he was in the mud pits and the sewer pits and everything else, and he was abused for 20-some years and put in prison for preaching. He said, one of the things we're praying for America, if America goes down, the world goes down. Y'all are the light. He said, y'all are the one that sends missionaries. You're the one that sends money. You're the ones that's funding the kingdom of God. And truly, America's been that nation. Have you not realized America's given more to the foreign war, foreign countries in the area of evangelism than all of the other money put together from all other nations? That's why we're blessed. Can I have an amen? Many, would, many countries, main religion is, uh, uh, and the biggest percentage of them range from anywhere from Muslims to Catholicism to Buddha to Muhammad to Islam to Belgod. And when you look at some of the nations, they're 99% idolatry with less than 1% of a Christian witness. And look at their country. It's slavery, it's death, it's, it, 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 it's famine, and they're barely surviving, and people are being abused, and people are being exploited, and all by an iron fist of a dictator that is mean and that is cruel. The countries around the world are suffering because of their sin. America's suffering is caused by sin itself as well. The suffering that we do have in America is caused by our own sin. But the majority have heard the message at least about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. America is living off the fruit and the results of the church. You know why America is so blessed? Because of the pillar and the ground of truth, the presence that's still amongst America in the light of the church houses and the lighthouses around the world. Did you know Piper Bluff's blessed? Because Palace of Praise is here. Because First Baptist sits on the hill. Come on, somebody. Because the Assembly of God, come on, it's not just us. But um, Piper Bluff's, take any one of those churches out and a darkness overcomes it and takes that place. But thanks be unto God on 1400 Herschel Bass Boulevard, no matter how dark or how corrupt the, na the nation and the city may try to become, there is a restraining force that's not going to back down and it's going to stand tall and it's going to light up our region and we're going to declare blessing in the place of cursing. Can I have an amen? I am telling you my going out is blessed and my coming in is blessed and I'm going to share my blessing. 
I just believe with all of my heart. It doesn't matter how dark I'm at. Steve, stand up for a minute. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. You got a bum leg. I forgot. Come here for a second. He's an evangelist. He's a street preacher. He knows all about the darkness. But if he's a street person, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love on him. I'm just going to spread a little bit of that light. I'm just going to rub it off on him. Every time I'm around him, I'm going to show him who Jesus is. I'm going to kiss on him. I'm going to give him good things. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to pray for him. And the more I do that, the more the light begins to penetrate the darkness. And before long, when the conversion happens, guess what? We gain ground and we gain favor. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. I believe that God is raising up an army to make some oh, great changes in these great difficult times. America is living off the fruit and the results of the church. This generation as a whole, they despise the church. Come on. It wants to abolish the church. It's coming against the church. There's wars against the church. It persecutes the church. But if the church would be taken out of the way and when it is taken out of the way, watch out, they're going to get more than what they thought because we're not only a protector of ourselves and our families by the blood of the Lamb, we are the watchmen of the city and we're the watchmen of our nation. You take us out and watch the chaos begin. They'll be begging for us to be back. Can I have an amen? amen? Even though there's a gross darkness in the nation, yet the small remnant of light brings the blessing of God. Light's more powerful than darkness. We've done proven that. A thousand, one can put a thousand to flight of the enemy. Two can put 10,000. My goodness, there's 700 of us. There's demons scrambling all over the place around here. Can I have an amen? But what concerns me is what has happened to America over the last several years. I think it's getting better because the shakening that's taken upon our land is getting our attention. It's like I've been preaching in my, my messages about God's raising up the remnant and it's coming strong. But yet as a whole, in the past, America, Christians, has not been spreading the light. They've not become the witness that we are supposed to be according to Acts chapter one, verse eight. After the power of the Holy Ghost has come upon us, we should be witnesses under Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And somehow we've got mediocre and complacent and lukewarm and just set back. You know, uh, we used to sing the most songs, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. We used to talk about bringing in the sheaves. And we got a generation that don't even know what that means anymore. Our whole emphasis of the past was upon evangelism. It was on sharing our light. It was being a living testimony, a living epistle for all men to read, to be of salt, to be earth, to be light. Come on, somebody. That's what we're all about here at the Palace of Praise. We as a church, as the people of God, if we forsake our righteous stand, then America will become like any other nation that is not that has not have a strong spiritual remnant in it. Take the remnant out or get it weakened or get it down and see what happens to the nation. It'll collapse. Every nation that has experienced revival and renewal in the past five years has had prosperity. There was an evangelist from Argentina that spoke in one of our conferences some time ago at the Church of God in Cleveland, Tennessee, and this is what he said. We are taking Argentina back one, for God one city at a time. And each city that accepts the gospel, he said, immediately begins to have a turnaround and they prosper. And then he went into story after story. I don't remember all of them. 
But he talked about how they targeted their home city and all of them pulled in there and said, this is our target. We're not going to leave until we have revival here. They started having revivals in the church. It spread into the schools. It spread into the streets. People were getting saved on the sidewalk. They stood outside and lined up in defiance of the even city ordinances the people did. And as the people would go down, they'd pray for them and just have prayer meetings. People were falling out in the streets and cars were pulling over and people were weeping and getting out of their cars and kneeling down in the very middle of the streets and didn't even know why and giving their life to Jesus Christ. That's how powerful this move of God took place. And when that city began to turn to God, the darkness began to be pushed back. And all of a sudden, things just started springing up. Things that were dead, things that were no longer vibrant, that all of a sudden the industry came back. And all of a sudden the prosperity came back. And all of a sudden there were things around there that used to grow that didn't no longer grow that they sold for herbs and spices. They began to grow back. And the animals began to multiply. And all of a sudden the grass begin to grow again in the pastures and things begin to happen as a result of the church pushing back and pushing back the darkness and light springing up. Can you, did you know nothing grows outside of light? You take light out and nothing can grow. It can't prosper. Folks, righteousness exalts a nation, a church family, a home. Righteousness does. There are nations right now that are being exalted and blessed because of the seed of the righteous. When we think of some of the things that we have to go through here in America, we don't understand them all. We sometimes forget, though, that we reap also the sin of our nation. Even though righteousness blesses the nation, yet sin brings a reproach. There is a penalty for sin. There is consequences of sin. And sin, when it does run its course, it'll show its ugly result and it'll affect us all. Can I have an Amen. We as Christians suffer right along with the sinner who commits that sin. If you don't believe me, what did Paul say in the book of Romans when he said, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death is passed upon all men for all have sinned. He went ahead and said, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. He went on and said, in, Christ, uh, in, in Adam we all die. Because of one man's sin, we have to face what we're faced with today. That's so unfair, but listen to what else he says. Even though we suffer the seeds that our nation sows, yet they also reap the benefits and the favor by the seeds that we sow. Come on, somebody. The question is, who's going to out-sow who? When you see somebody out there sowing a little seed of darkness, you know what you ought to do? Whoa! <laughs> Big boy, I'll out-seed you. Come on, somebody. Are we going to let tares just spring up and not plant any other seed right along with it to have any fertile and fruitful ground and blessing? Our problem is America has got in a closet and locked the door and everybody's out here sowing evil seeds, but there's no one out there sowing seeds of the word of God. Come on, somebody. Oh, I know we're going to sow some on hard ground. I know we're going to sow among thorns. But I don't want to tell you, there's some good ground out there that we're going to sow on, and it's going to bring a bumper crop 30, 60, and 100 fold. Can I have an amen? And the thing that you and I got to understand, it's time for the church to get active and start sowing seed. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, even though by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, yet even so by one, by the free gift of God came justification of life. For in Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. It's time to reverse the curse. Pat a 
a praise. Let's lift the lid off. Let's reverse the curse over Papa Bluff. Let's take it by storm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, everybody with me? The more Christians we get in the nation, the more reaping of sin and the consequence sin, consequences of sin we won't have. Can I have an amen? The more righteous seed that we sow, the more enjoyment and that we receive in the midst of the corruption and its results. It may seem unfair that the, you know that the world gets to reap our benefit and we have to reap their, their punishment. But yet on the flip side of the coin, look at the real reward. The Christian receives eternal life and the wicked get eternal damnation, eternal punishment. We have a choice here today. I'm gonna have to hurry here. When he can either gripe, complain about the times that we live in, or we can seize the opportunity that is before us. It's not enough for us to criticize our world. We must proclaim the truth this culture needs to hear from the church. Dan Kimball, who was the pastor of Grace Church in Santa Cruz, California, this is what he said. The great thing about postmodernists is the vacuum that exists for truth. And we have the privilege and the opportunity to feel that truth. You are born for such a time as this and God has entrusted you as the part of the body to make a difference in this 21st century. You were not born out of time. You were not born out of season. Everybody says, I wish I'd born in the 50s. Well, thank God you're not. You'd be facing the grave right now. Sorry to those of you in the 50s. You're getting old. That went over like a lead balloon. I should have said the 30s. All the 50s has got on their mind is, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> We're living in a society that does not understand that we are appointed a workmanship created in Christ Jesus for this very hour. I thank God for our heritage. Thank God for our past. Thank God for the catalyst that set this up for us. But the climax has not yet happened. I'm about to get happy because I know where I'm going with this sermon and you don't. What our forefathers blazed the trail and felt good about cannot compare to the fruit of the reaping that we're about to bestow, not only for what they have done, but of the climaxing of the church in the end time of what we're about to see. We are entering into one of the greatest moves of God in all of history, and God has entrusted us not to be asleep and not to be slumbering and not to be uh, avoiding the presence of God, but pursuing him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind that we dare make a difference and will die out to ourselves in these last days and be the triumphant church of Jesus Christ that will bring many into salvation and will all be raptured out together in great glory. Can I have an amen? Give the Lord praise, yes. The real question is, believers, are we willing to proclaim and share the truth of God's words to others so they can know what true freedom is? If our forefathers fought for freedom on a battlefield and gave their lives for the very cause of freedom, we as believers can fight the good fight of faith then surely 
and, and go and, and I hope we can fight the good fight of faith at home and we can proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. If they can draw their guns and fight, if they can shoot their bullets and fly the planes and be in the trenches and die on a battlefield, surely at home we can be brave people and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the good fight of faith. And here's the tragic thing about it, folks. I wanted to weep when I seen at, heart, at that graveyard, what's it called, Holland? Somebody help me. The graveyard. What was it? Yes, that great, that great uh, graveyard of all those veterans. I thought all of those men fought for freedom, but yet many of them died without freedom, and they're in hell today. How sad to live in hell on earth to protect something for us, and yet die and go to hell because they didn't know the true liberator, Jesus Christ. And what you and I got to offer is that we got to understand. A 357 will, bring, will not bring freedom. A shotgun will not bring freedom. A bomb, a bazooka, come on somebody. Military might by itself cannot bring freedom. Freedom rings across America by this statement. It is finished. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said, know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I got I to gotta quit. That's good stuff though. In closing, I wanted to read a, a prayer that Mar, uh, Peter Marshall prayed before the United States Senate many, 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 many years ago. Famous prayer. Lord Jesus, thou who are the way, the truth, and the life, Hear us as we pray for the truth that shall make us free. Teach us that liberty is not only to be loved, but also to be lived. Liberty is too precious of a thing to be buried in books. It costs too much to be hoarded. Help us see that our liberty is not in the right to do as we please, but the opportunity to please to do what's right. My, that'll go along with my sermon next week, so I'll probably interject that again. Don't know that I will, but I'm, we might. And here's the thing that I want you to understand. I love it. I got a phone call. I don't think you'll mind me telling this story. I'm not going to go into details because they're personal and private. But David Morgan had called me. He said, Pastor, I work in a place of a 1,000 people. And I got to thinking, oh, my, you've been challenging me to start sharing my faith. So he prayed. And um, he asked God to give him an open door. God, today, when I go to work, I pray for an open door. The pastor's challenging us to get involved. The pastor's challenging us to get in the streets, to get out in the city, to win the lost. And he's talking about doing it by personal evangelism. The hard stuff, getting in the gutter where they're at and pulling them out. And he said, I prayed that prayer. And behold, the first day, man, it happened. And I had a door of opportunity. There it stood right before me. One of the roughest guys around, I love it. And he was asking for some advice. This guy began to just start sharing and David got to share to him. And man, before long, they had conversation going and he was telling me why. I said, way to go, David. That was the right thing to say. Hey, way to go. I'm encouraging him. So I asked David right before the service. I said, how's it going? How'd it go the next day? And he said, well, the next day the guy walks in, looks at me, puts his head down, takes off running from me. I said, oh, good. You got him on the run. Hallelujah, convictions on him. 
That's a good thing. That's not a, oh, man, that's, I wish I was right there with David right now. That's, that's what I look for. That's what I yearn for. And one day he prayed that and automatically God gave him an open door. He shared his faith and immediately conviction began to come to a sinner. And one day that happened. I love it, don't you? And all of a sudden now, you know what David needs to do? He don't need to pound the word every time he sees him. Just start loving on him. You know what I'd do? I'd be like a beagle hound. I'd put my nose to the ground. I'd track that sucker down. I'd start loving on him. I'd start smiling. I'd start letting him know I have joy. I wouldn't be saying anything about Jesus. You know why? Before long, he'll open that conversation back up again. And before long, I'll be able to give him all four barrels. And when I build the relationship with him, then I can track him down. Hey, boy, why ain't you in church? I can start getting on to him. I can start correcting him. Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you this church is ripe. It's ready. You're hot. There's a fire in the church. And I want to tell you, the vessels are not going to be filled like we said last week if we don't start pouring out. And we're going to have to start pouring out. The question I have for you today, are you ready for America to be blessed? If yes, stand up. Are you ready for America to be blessed? Then don't say, well, what can we do about it? It's out of our hands. No, it's not. It's in your hands. Hello? When it comes to the sinner, I'm going to love on them. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going I'm to do everything I can to build a relationship with them. If the city starts to turn to bring ordinances that's going to corrupt our community and our society, I'm going to be down on city hall and I'm going to be making a fit and I'm going to proclaim the word of God to them right down there on city hall. It's a law. It's a different place. I'm going to fight. Just like when the Coliseum was turning over to sell alcohol. Man, I got up there and fought that along with many of you. We voiced our people. We lost that battle, but we were there, thank God. And I want to say this, and I'm going to say it in the way I mean it. That place ain't been blessed since. It's always a black eye on the side of the city. It's always in debt. They can't get it off the ground. They can't get it to pay for it. Come on, somebody. It's cursed. I'm here to tell you the power of blessings in your land, in your home, in your city, in your county, in your neighborhood lies within you. We can run to this altar and have altar experiences all we want. We can have shout downs. We can have hold downs. We can have whatever downs you got. And get up, and if we don't take it out there with us, what good is it? What has it accomplished? Just blessing us so we can be blessed. We're blessed for a cause. Go ye into the highways and the byways and compel them to come to Jesus Christ. Fourth of July, our Independence Day in which I celebrate the freedoms that we have. But I want to say, Palace of Praise, if you want true freedom, go out. Open your mouth. As you know what, the three words that represent the early disciples, they stood up, they stood, they took a stand, they spoke, they preached, and they reaped. I'm telling you, stand up, speak, and reap. And every seed that you sow, the nation's gonna be blessed. I was in 
dealing with a guy at Gates one time. Had no idea, but another guy that worked close to us was listening to every conversation we had over like a three-month period span. And that man, man, I just wasn't reeling him in. I threw every bait I knew at that guy. I never did find out what he liked. But I tried everything in the world. I sat there and loved on him, done everything I know to do. And I was so discouraged. And I went to my house and I was telling Jenny about it. And she probably don't remember this, but she said, well, you know, Kent, some water, some soul, some water, some call of age, some get the increase. You don't know where down the line that man might be saved. I said, yeah, but man, I like that. I like them results. Only for a few weeks later, a young man came to our church and got saved by overhearing the conversation that we had. He was standing right next to us. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? 15 years later or so, I ran into the guy that I, I couldn't harvest. He's in church, his whole family's in church, and they're doing well. I know what it's like to be a young teenage boy and have the word of God sown in my heart and me trying to hide it, run from it, bury it, ignore it. Couldn't do it. I know what it's like to park my truck as a grown boy, look around, make sure no one's watching me, walk through a dark alley, climb up, try to peek into the church of my home church where I was born again at the age of seven and see what was going on because the spirit of God was drawing me so bad. And I didn't want to show any weakness to my partying buddies that kids looking into the church. But one day it just got too strong. God knocked me off my horse like he did old Saul. And I'm saved. And I'm redeemed. And I'm cleansed. You can make a difference. I'm asking you this 4th of July, if you want liberty, then make liberty happen. You want freedom? Make freedom happen. You want to push back the darkness and keep the darkness from overtaking the church? Then push back. Do it in love. Preach the word in love and witness and love on people and show them the love of Jesus Christ. David's got one on the reel right now. Just be praying for him. He's gonna land him here soon. We're gonna see him here at the church. If not this church, he'll be in some church, praise God. He'll be in the church of the body of Jesus Christ somewhere. Can I have an amen? It ain't all about the church necessarily. We want to bring them here. We want to do everything to get them here. But if they're not going to come here, bless God, if they can bloom and blossom somewhere else, let them go. Amen. I charge you before the Lord Jesus Christ as the shepherd of this house. Enjoy your liberty. But remember from whence it came. And it's not good enough just to talk about. Live it. Share it. Breed it. And for heaven's sake, reap it in Jesus' name. Happy 4th of July. God bless you.